Hey everybody, welcome back. It's SOB. Yes, I know. We're all used to it. It's sports outside the box. Outside the box. In today's episode 9, I'm back with my two amazing co-hosts, Jesse Butler and Brian Sturman. And as always, we're here to give you another amazing, great show. Now, there's always something going on in the sports world, so what do we do? We dive right on into it. Now, what we're diving right on into today is PAT, Points After Trivia, I ran a little private game on my Instagram account where I put up 20 questions for trivia, and the winner for the trivia is here today to face Jesse Butler, who is 3-0. They're both Cowboy fans, so I had to definitely throw some Cowboy trivia in there. The game definitely was a little exciting. Next, top three fantasy quarterbacks. Me, Jesse, and Brian will give you our top three fantasy quarterbacks, and Jesse will go a little into depth where he believes that you should start drafting your quarterbacks. Also, we're going to talk about a team to watch out for this season. It's a little crazy, a little off kilter, but you just have to hear who we believe is the team to watch out for this season potentially. Three-on-three three segment. We're going to give you the three teams that did not make the playoffs last year that will make it this year, and the three teams that made it last year that will not make it this year. And to wrap it up, the NBA and NHL playoffs, I'm officially dubbing Jesse as the NHL insider for the athletic sphere and sports outside the box. And me and Brian really going to depth about the NBA playoffs, the Sixers and Raptors, the Warriors and Rockets, and what in the world is going on between the Nuggets and the Blazers. The backcourt is ridiculous. Murray and Harris versus Dame and McCullum. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but just come and listen. It's a sports outside the box. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sports Outside the Box. We have a new, we're doing something new today with uh, our segment PAT, so we're going to do it first. But we have uh, Donzel Donzel Johnson on. Uh, We did a little competition on Instagram. I don't know if everybody saw it, but a little competition to uh, pretty much test everybody's trivia knowledge and just to see where you're at trivia-wise. But uh, Donzel won. And now he will be going against Jesse today, who's three and zero. And I don't know if I don't know if everybody heard last week when Brian took a devastating loss on Redskin trivia after promising. I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. After promising he would not lose to Jesse if he got Redskins questions, but we got two Cowboy fans on the line, and it should be definitely it should, definitely should be a good one. And guys, so so this is this is something and this is something new we're gonna do. This is uh, this is also new for you, Jesse. This is something I want to do. So I want to do the first person, the first person who shouts out the answer gets the full point. If you copy the person's answer, you get half a point. That way, we're pretty much eliminating anybody just trying to copy somebody's answer or just trying to keep the game going. So you get a half a point if you say the if you say the correct answer uh, after the first person. So are you two ready? Yep. I'm good. Okay. First question. How many times have the Cowboys won the NFC East since 1990? Eight, 10, 11, or 13? You have seven seconds. Eight. 
Would you say how many? What was the uh, options? You get eight. How many times have the Cowboys won the NFC East since 1990? Eight, mm-hmm. 10, 11, or 13? 11. You there, D? Yeah, I said eight. Eight, okay. The correct answer was 11. So Jesse is up one nothing. Number two, behind Emmett Smith and Tony Dorsett, who has the most rushing touchdowns in Cowboys history? Marion Barber, Don Perkins, Herschel Walker, or DeMarco Murray? Marion Barber. Yeah, Marion Barber, yeah. All right, so Jesse is up two, and D, you have a half of a point, so two to a half. Question number three. What is the longest streak for the Cowboys not winning a playoff game? Nine years, 12 years, seven years, or 10 years? Not winning a playoff game? Yeah, how long? Uh, what is the longest streak for the Cowboys not winning a playoff game? Twelve years. I think it's ten. The correct answer is twelve. No, I'm yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah. So Jesse, you are up three to a half of a point, trying to put it away early. Uh, man, it's Cowboys trivia. Diehard <laughs> Cowboy fan, man. Let me switch it up on you. In oh, okay. two thousand eight, who led the NFL in rushing? Clinton Portis, Steven Jackson, Chris Johnson, or Adrian Peterson? Chris Johnson, CJ2K. The correct answer is Adrian Peterson. Uh, Ah, 1,760 yards. Yeah, that's right. CJ2K was 2009, I think. I believe that was 2009. Right, it was drafted 2008. One, so let me mark off these questions that I've done. Okay. Who is the only head coach not to be over 500 with the Cowboys? Bill Parcell, Barry Switzer, Dave Campo, or Chan Gailey? Uh, Dave Campo. Where is he? I thought it was Barry Switzer. It's Dave Campo. So yeah, just, so I, remember, I lived in those Dave Campbell years. We went like 5-11 three years in a row. It was all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, what does that make? It three, three to a half for you? Four. Four to a half, okay. Yeah. So, let's do this one. In 2008, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns? Michael Turner, Brandon Jacobs, Maurice Jones-Drew, or D'Angelo Williams? MJD. Oh, it was. I want to say Brandon Jacobs, actually. And the correct answer is D'Angelo Williams. Uh, Surprisingly enough, he led the NFL with 18 touchdowns. That'd be some good fantasy points right there. Yeah, that was definitely some good (laughs) fantasy points. 18. Is that wait? Was that rushing or total? That was rushing. He only had, he had 18 rushing touchdowns. I, uh, yeah, yeah I made yeah 18 rushing touchdowns. Damn. I was shocked as uh. well. <laughs> and the last question, 
For 13 years, Michael Jordan was the only player in the East to win MVP. What Eastern Conference player won it before him? Julius Irving, Moses Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Larry Bird? Uh, I'm going to say Larry Bird. I'm not sure. I'm going to go with, I feel like Bird's an obvious answer, so I'm going to go with Dr. J. It was Larry Bird. Nah, I should have went with the obvious answer. <laughs> but Jesse, you keep your winning streak alive and you go 4-0. and oh. Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> I will never you know give this man Cowboys trivia again. 4-0 with the Cowboys questions. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, what, what did you win? It was 4-1.5, four, four I believe. Yeah. 4-1.5. to one and a half. That's right, man. I didn't do much better than you did. <laughs> well, D, definitely Fuck. thank you. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, thank yeah, you man. For... Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, because I would have missed all those Cowboy questions. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, just get back on there. We're going to have another competition going for it. will be for next month. But, yeah, uh, just jump on there with us again, and hopefully we'll see you back up here and you can try to dethrone Jesse yourself. (laughs) I'll still be undefeated come next month. It's all right. Okay. (laughs) I believe when I see it. You're currently seeing it, Brian. Not no, Not next week. It's going down. Some way, shape, form, happening. I mean, yeah. If you guys are asking questions about like golf and tennis, I probably won't get anything right. Golf and, <laughs> yeah, tennis. Golf and tennis, it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> golf and tennis, it is. But, all right, so we're gonna get D off the phone here. Then we're gonna go ahead and jump into our next segment: uh, the top three fantasy quarterbacks. So, who wants to start us off for this segment? I'll go ahead and start. I mean, it's super early, first of all. So Ain't these rankings. Early. It's after the draft. These, it's after the draft, but it's, we haven't even gotten to the OTAs yet. We haven't even – teams haven't even filled out, their, filled out their rosters yet. So it's still super early. In, injuries can happen. Coaching changes can happen. Anything I'm just can saying happen. for so, right now. Change, <laughs> sign up, sign, creating signs. Like, yeah, I, I mean – So, I mean, because it's so ridiculously early – Wow. I have I have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, just kind of like maybe off the wall kind of stuff. I mean, number one, I'll stick with what we probably all have, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. He's, probably the, he's the top quarterback in fa- as far as fantasy football goes. And probably, you know, right up to, a lot of people put him up there as far as actual quarterbacks go as well. Um, you know, when it comes to fantasy football, I have a very strict rule that I live by. I will not draft a quarterback any earlier than like round six. Round six, the earliest I'm going to get a quarterback because quarterbacks fluctuate every year of who's the best, who's the bottom. Hey, Matt Ryan. Know, so. Matt Ryan's always in the top five. Well, that's fine. You can, if you look at like comparative, like the top, the number one quarterback compared to like the number ten quarterback is not a very huge margin. Whereas if you like look at the number one running back and the number ten running back. That's usually a huge margin. So you always want to, in my opinion, you always want to go for those high-value positions of fantasy running backs and receivers, especially if you're in a PPR league. Those are the two positions you want to target uh, for value and for you know having a lot of those positions. Like I said, I won't get a quarterback any earlier than like the sixth round. So I'm not. I already know I won't be having Patrick Mahomes in any of my rounds because early mock drafts have them Patrick Mahomes even going like rounds three already. 
So, 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 so in the sixth round, who are you getting? Who for your second quarterback? Who are you getting in the sixth round? Well, for right now, for my second, my number two, as far as fantasy quarterbacks go, a little out there. It's a little like kind of like a potential type pick. I'm gonna go with uh, Baker Mayfield. Mm. He's got he's got a lot of got a lot of weapons out there in Cleveland. You know, we can sit here talk all day about Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, and they got David Njoku, who's I think is an underrated tight end that a lot of people don't talk about. You got you know he just has to catch Nick the Chubb. Yeah, you got Nick Chubb at running back, and then you know when Kareem Hunt comes back, you got Kareem Hunt. So I think Baker Mayfield's got a lot to work with, and he's got an offensive coordinator that he has a real. You know, him and Freddie Kitchens have a real good chemistry. So, and then Baker also has the ability to run. So he's going to get you some points. Maybe he might even get like four or five rushing touchdowns throughout the season. So, oh, you know, for a potential, I'll go Baker Mayfield number two. And then number three, one of the young bucks, you know, I will go Kyler Murray. I know it's super early and his offense. It's a Baker is, young buck too. Yeah, but Baker has a little bit more experience. You know, he's not a rookie. One right year. One year. One year makes a huge difference, Brian. <laughs> and like I said, yeah. him and Freddie Kitchens, like I said, Baker Mayfield. They're gonna be, they, they will be cooking some in that kitchen. In no doubt. Yeah, you're right. They are going to be cooking. That's why I have about number two. Brian, I'll I'll put, Brian I'll I'll put Kyler, the show. <laughs> I'll put Kyler at number three because he has all the athletic ability in the world. He can throw it. He can run. And he's going to have some – he's got Cliff Kingsbury there. He's going to call – the kind of system that fits it fits his skill set. So it all just kind of matters if Kyle Murray can adjust to NFL defenses, and if he can, then he's definitely going to have the potential to be a top uh, fantasy quarterback. All right. Well, I can go. Oh. I can go for my uh, my top three. So of course, Patrick Mahomes, number one. I say no hunt, no hill, no problem. He's still going to be number one. He's going to do it with his legs. He, I think he has a Tom Brady effect. He makes people around him better. He puts people in a position to win. Uh, he makes puts people in a position not to get smothered out there across the middle. Patrick Mahomes, no hunt, no hill, no problem. He's number one. My number two, this could be a little stretch, Russell Wilson. I think he has a lot of shiny new weapons to use, especially in DK Metcalf. We know that Doug Baldwin career might be over. That'd be very unfortunate for them, but they still have Chris Carson coming out the backfield. And then they picked up uh Yursua from uh, Hawaii. So I just think they have a lot of, a lot of new shiny weapons. And I think Russell might be able to uh, do something with them, especially the fact that he still uses his legs as well. Not as much as he used them in the, uh, in the previous years, but he still uses his legs pretty well. He knows he knows how to get down and pretty much be longevity in the game. And third, this is not because I'm being a homer, but Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is typically in the top five quarterbacks. I believe it's been the last six years he's been the top five quarterback in fantasy. I definitely just see that. I, I see it happening again. The weapons haven't changed. The only thing that's changed is uh, Tevin Coleman's left. I, and I really don't think that's going to be – but we get back Devontae Freeman. I think he pretty much picks up where he left off. And then we get Dirk Cooter back, who uh, went to Tampa Bay. He's our offensive coordinator again. And when he was our offensive coordinator uh, with Mike Smith as being our head coach that year, 2013, I believe, we went 13-3. and So I think Derek Cooter being back will definitely spice things up a little bit. And then, you know, the Matt Ryan and Julio connection and Calvin Ridley. We have a lot. We have a lot going on there down there in Atlanta. So that, those that's my top three for fantasy. Okay, interesting, interesting. 
All right, well, I'll go ahead and start mine then. So, as we all know, number one for me is Patrick Mahomes. Like Dennis and you know, Jesse basically said, he, I mean, he he's, looks like he's going to lose his weapons. He, I mean, he already lost Kareem Hunt. It looks like he's going to lose Tyreek Kill. But he does have a similar effect as Tom Brady and other great quarterbacks, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, that he's able to make the players better around him. Um, he has all the arm talent. He can run with his legs. He has all the, you know, great mechanics. He's able to throw the ball in weird angles and without even looking, you know, he's able to do a lot of great things. So this, it's hard not to go and say Patrick Mahomes, especially after the amazing year he just had. Um, my number two, I'm going to have Andrew Luck. Mainly because he, he killed it all last year. And it really is any time he plays a full season. He's always making plays. He's always throwing the ball downfield. He's getting like 300 yards a game, it feels like. Throwing two or three touchdowns. He can run a little bit himself. Um, and he's, you know, he's still got his weapons. You know, he's, he's got T.Y. Uh, Hilton. He's got, um, he, they signed Devin Funches, who could be a really good red zone target. Uh, they still have Eric Ebron. Uh, Jack Doyle, if he's healthy, that's a, a solid, you know, second tight end to have. They just drafted Paris Campbell, who's a deep threat that really helps stretch the field. I mean, Andrew Luck's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I feel like him still having these weapons, the offensive line he has, if um, if Dennis's boy, uh, Marlon Mack, can stay healthy, then, I, then then this offense could be explosive this year, along with how well that defense went last year. I think this could be a very good year for Andrew Luck, as you know, it normally is for him. And my number three that I have that you know I, I think could be a solid pick would be uh, Deshaun Watson. I like I love me some Deshaun Watson. He was a solid quarterback last year for fantasy. He still has all the weapons. He has the, probably the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. He's got you know Kiki Kuti is probably an up and coming you know slot receiver who's who when he was healthy he was very productive. I like what I saw from Will Fuller. We all know how good Will Fuller. Oh my goodness! If that man if he tears his ACL one more time, he has to go. Yeah, because he doesn't have any more ACLs to tear. <laughs> Yeah. I was really surprised the Texans picked up his fifth-year option. I know. Oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was, I was like, wow. For the money they have to pay for, I'm a little surprised too. But they, I guess they know the potential you have. But, I mean, when you also go with the injuries, it also make you question if that's even really worth it. But that's even, what I'm saying because the fifth-year option is guaranteed to injuries. So if he gets hurt again, he's going to get all that money. Absolutely. So I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. But either way. He still is a foul receiver and a deep threat for him. And he, the offensive line got a little bit better, but I still feel like he's going to be you know, running around with the war, still getting those rushing yards, getting rushing touchdowns. And you know, they don't have a whole bunch of help in the, in the backfield. So I feel like they're going to want to throw more, and he's going to make more plays with his legs. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a really good fantasy option to have. At least early on, this is what I think would be a really good pick to have as, as a, you know, a low-end QB or as a QB1 I just wish that the Houston Texans would like actually get somebody like I'm I'm not saying like Will Fuller's not good, but the fact that he keeps getting injured, I want them to go out and take a leap and actually get somebody in free agency. I know they like I know they tried to trade for Demarius Thomas. They actually tried then, but I need them to try in the draft. Like not wait until the third, fourth round to get somebody. I need you I want them to get first round talent, even though I know they have problems on the defensive side. But I just need them to take a shot. I need them, like, to give Deshaun Watson, like, how people are treating who, like, 
like Andrew Luck, like like you said, they get Devin Funches. Like you're bringing in extra weapons for Andrew Luck. Do that for Deshaun Watson. Stop stop making him rely on Deshaun, not Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins every down. And then yeah, Lamar well, Miller. Yeah, a lot of stuff. That's, yeah, and then barely address the offensive line. I feel like they, they're, they're relying too much on Deshaun Watson just to do it all himself. But I was actually, like like you were saying, how you weren't happy with the pick, uh, the 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 guy they got in the first round. It was needed. I and I, I agree. I went back and was looking at stuff. It might have been a little bit of a stretch. But but I just know, if, it, if it's your guy, then it's your guy. So maybe that's just somebody they feel as if that fits their blocking scheme. And, uh, yeah, so... I'm, I'm like maybe that maybe he pans out for him, but I just wish that the Texans had somebody that was like worthwhile. Like oh, like we can, like you know DeAndre Hopkins, he gets double teamed and he still catches the ball. Like this man catches the ball between his legs, like he's playing basketball. Like he's trying to throw he the ball. Drop the ball. Yeah, he he's like, he, like he, drop the ball. he looks like he's trying to throw the ball off the backboard or something when he catches the ball. It looks ridiculous. But I just want somebody on the opposite side, and I'm mad that they traded for Demarius Thomas and you pretty much just let him go because he tore his Achilles. That wasn't a good. That wasn't a smart move to me, but I'm like, hey, it's the Houston Texans. I expect them to do crazy things like that. It's, it's okay, Dennis, because Demarius Thomas is gonna get 900 yards on 50 catches. That's you right. Know, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. That's exactly what he's gonna do. And what podcast was that? Was the second or third podcast, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh man, I'm telling you that if that happens. I. I don't know what I don't okay. even know what to say. That, that, that. Yeah, then yeah. Well, then we're not we're not doing any more podcasts because I don't want to hear from Jesse. Oh yeah, I, I, really, I, I refuse. <laughs> I mean, like Jesse. Tired. Jesse, here's the password to everything. Here you go. Run. You go ahead and run this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he hand you the keys. This is all yours, buddy. <laughs> it's about time you realized. Oh, oh that my. I should be running the show. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go into our the. So our three-on-three segment, we're going to do three teams that you believe that should not be in the play. Oh, three teams that you believe that were in the playoffs last year that won't be in this year, and three teams that were not in the playoffs that will potentially be in the playoffs this year. And uh, I guess I can start this one off. So for my three nots, I have – I'm being disrespectful, but I have the Chargers. Not, the Chargers aren't making it. I don't like the fact that they lost they lost Tyrell Williams and really didn't address it, and I don't. They have Mike Williams. Yeah. No, I, I'm just Mike saying. Mike Williams better than Tyrell Williams. No, but yeah. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like you lost that third receiver. That's what I'm saying. So and you Tra- did not address they saw Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. Yeah. I'm let me let me just keep let me Tyrell just keep Williams. going down the oh. list. <laughs> so the char I have the charters on mine. Uh, for number one, my number two, I don't see Philly making it, and number three, this could be real disrespectful, but I don't see the Ravens making it either. Uh, you're not that disrespectful. I'll go ahead and start mine off too. I'll go ahead and do mine. I have for one, I don't think the Ravens are going to make it this year. I don't see it I, unless unless Lamar Jackson takes a huge step and you know developing as a quarterback. I don't care who he has a wide receiver. Like he must be super accurate. Yeah, he, if, yeah. If he can't get the ball to him, I don't care. I mean, that run game is only going to do so much, especially when everybody knows what they're what they're good at. They're going to be able to load the box up and do different things to stop him. That means Lamar Jackson got to do it himself, and I don't see that happening. 
Because dude, when, when they drafted, when they, I saw, I was like, oh, they drafted Hollywood Brown. You still have Willie Sneed. You, you keep Nick Boyle. I'm like, none of this matters if you're not accurate. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I just don't see it happening with them. I think that. I mean, they barely got in anyways. I just. I just. I don't really see it happening. I think that uh, another team that's probably not going to make it. I, I'm with Dennis. I don't see the Eagles making it. And. I say that because I see other teams in the NFC that could really make a jump this year that were on the line or like had a couple issues or a couple hiccups here and there that really you know changed the whole season. I mean, if, if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt and Nick Foles came in, like I mean, who knows if, if, if that would have happened? Like big, big Nick somehow makes it happen, and it wasn't <laughs> so I, I mean, we'll we'll see. And then I I think for the third one, I, I I'm. I'm sticking with the NFC. I don't see the uh, the Seahawks making this year. I don't really see – like, I, I I was really impressed that they were able to actually make the playoffs this year because I still don't think the overall team is that great. Yes, Russell Wilson's great, one of the best QBs in the league, but the offensive line still has questions. They don't have a real answer in running back right now. Rashard Penny still a big question mark. Car- Chris Carson – that man rushed over that man was in top five rushing last year. Don't disrespect him. Oh man. And then I, I don't care if they like if Doug, if Doug Baldwin doesn't play, DK Metcalf's not gonna be able to carry the team if Doug Baldwin can. Especially not right away. He's way too raw and he's still learning. Doug Baldwin's a veteran experience and they still don't have anything else really around Russell Wilson that really screams, you know, talent or uh, you know, it's a winning formula. The defense is it's, it's it's just it's, I mean it's good I guess but still it's missing stuff they got they lost Frank Clark they lost Earl Thomas a a you know Bobby Wagner is probably on his last years he's getting older I just I I can see them definitely missing the playoffs this year uh, yeah uh, I pretty much agree with what most of you guys have said um, I was really close to putting Philly in mind as well. But the reason I'm thinking I'm going to keep Philly in is Doug Peterson. He's a really good head coach, and the, I think he really has the respect of the players, and the players play well for him. And then um, a team, but a team, the three teams I do not think will make it is one Brian hit it. I don't see Seattle get back uh, by the by the freaking pure enormity of Russell Wilson's balls. Did they make the playoffs? Because he literally carried the entire team on his nuts, um, um, and I don't see him doing it again. Um, I will also put the Ravens in, and my—I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson is definitely a concern. But my bigger concern for them is that they lost a lot of talent on the defense. They yes, they had it. A, yeah, they had an Earl Thomas, uh, but other than that, they lost—you know—they lost to Darius Smith. C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley, which I think is a huge blow to that linebacking core. He he had been calling. He was a defensive play caller as a player. Um, you know, he was the one out there telling the telling his team, "Hey, you know, this is what Coach wants. Blah blah. blah. This is what we're seeing. Audible of this." And to just put a new guy in there to do that is going to be. It's not just an easy thing to take over. Terrell, so, I'm, Terrell so I'm really. Yeah, they lost T. Sizzle. So I'm concerned with the the amount of talent they lost on the defensive side. And yes, I am a little concerned with Lamar Jackson, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna 
jump on the guy like you guys do. I'm, I'll give him a little I'm bit more credit. I'm very concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that man throw the ball in games, and I'm just like, this reminds me of like a Blake Bortles or like a like. I don't think he's that bad. He might have a better arm. Brian, you're being no, Brian, you're being, disres- you're being disrespectful now. I understand what you're saying, but I w- I will not dare compare any man to Blake Bortles, <laughs> unless his well, name is Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah, so Seattle's on the out, Ravens are on the out, and then the team I'll put on the out that you guys didn't mention. I am not feeling the Texans this year at all. They got they got Deshaun Watson, they got DeAndre Hopkins. That's all they have on offense, and then they got JJ Watt on defense. They, they were talking about possibly trading Clowney. Uh, Tyra Matthew left. Kareem Jackson left, who led, who led their team in picks uh, last year. Um, I'm just really con- – I don't see – I'm really concerned with what the Texans are going to be doing this year. I don't really – I don't really like Bill O'Brien as a head coach. I think he's too up and down. Some seasons – like last year he had good season, and then he's also had seasons where he's picking top five in the draft. I just don't – I just don't think the Texans are going to – I think the – I think the AFC is going to play a big role because I think I see a lot of AFC teams possibly coming for coming for them, and I just don't think the Texans have enough firepower this year to be able to to do what they did last year. Honestly, I mean the offensive line could be. I mean the offensive offensive line better be better. It's hard to be worse than they were last year. Right. But even even with the offensive line <laughs> being better, like Brian said, they don't really have much of a backfield threat. Lamar Miller gives you maybe two game, two good games a season. Uh, Deontay Foreman doesn't really seem like much of a uh, complete back to me. They don't really have a, a threat at tight end. They have DeAndre Hopkins. That's all they have. And the, so DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson are two really good players, but I don't think just those two really good players are going to carry you into the playoffs by themselves. I agree. So for my three teams – my three teams that will make it this season. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars make it this season. Nick I can see that. Nick Foles being new, you know, he, he comes out. He, <laughs> he he's a lot better than Blake Bortles, I tell you that much. And yeah, if people can much. finally get the ball, maybe they can finally start airing the ball out. Leonard Fournette can get the ball rolling on the ground again. I still like Tom Coughlin being the being the uh He's like what a special VP. I still I still love that. He's basically uh, like a GM, but he's like he's not. He's basically he's basically the coach. Let's just call it what it is. But uh, I, I just love the fact that Coughlin's back there, and we know that Coughlin was there in 1999 when they took him to the AFC title game and they lost, but took him to the AFC title game in '99, and he pretty much did he did he did it again and took him the uh, play the Patriots and they lost again but I really think that Tom Coughlin's the best thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars they bring in Nick Foles I think Nick Foles will be able to do good things there uh of course I'm pretty sure we all have this one on here the Cleveland Browns they got to make it like you like you can't go 7 8 and 1 bringing all this talent and then somehow, some way, not be cooking in Freddie Kitchen's kitchen. It doesn't work right. like that. It definitely doesn't work like that. So if they, so this is pretty much the first time in a long time, probably years, maybe in forever, that the Cleveland Browns actually have a is like is this a good thing or is this a bust? Like it's, it's like something actually called a bust for Cleveland. <laughs> um, 
that's like a bust that's in positive moves. The fact that you brought in all this talent, you brought in Jarvis last year, Baker's played played out of his mind. Can you get to the playoffs? You just went seven, eight, and one. You damn near made it. But can you actually answer the bell and punch your way in there? Thirdly, again, this is not because I'm being a homer, but the Falcons, I think the Falcons can knock it in there. They had a lot of defensive problems last season. Uh, 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 Devontae Freeman went down went down very early in the season, it was pretty much just all left uh, Tevin Coleman and the rookie running back, Ito Smith. Uh, but, you know, Tevin Coleman's back in San Francisco. Well, he's back in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, so it's Edo Smith and Devin, Devontae Freeman this year. Uh, all the defense should be back. Uh, Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones. Everybody's coming back this year. Everybody should be healthy. Uh, the, the Falcons finally stepped up in the draft. They got – oh, my goodness. I, this is terrible. How am I going to forget my first-round draft pick's name? Mm. Chris Winstrom. Yes, Chris Winstrom. I'm sitting, I sit there, go back. I'm sitting there going back, looking at his college stats. This man did not allow one sack his senior season. This man didn't allow his quarterback to get hit one time the whole season. And his quarterback got hurried four times. That's that that's the that's the worst that was the worst of his his stats. He the his quarterback got hurried four times, four snaps because of him all season. Great acquisition, great draft pickup for the Atlanta Falcons, and the fact that they went, uh, the fact that went uh, two offensive linemen, even better. I think the Falcons punches in. They, they're going to be the team that replaces probably the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs this season. Interesting. Okay, and then so let me start off with mine. I think one team that's going to make it this year that didn't make it last year is the Minnesota Vikings. I well, first off, I'm a Kirk Cousins fan. But I, I, I do believe You're still a that fan? They get it. I like Kirk Cousins. I, 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 I've always supported, supported Captain Kirk. I, I didn't hate him for leaving. I didn't blame him one bit. <laughs> I didn't blame him one damn bit. That, that, the management for the Redskins, as usual, is stupid. Except for this draft. I'll give him that much. That much. But 99% of the time, they're stupid. So I don't blame him for them, you know, bullcrapping him and Doing all this stuff and making him leaving to go to a better team. I mean, he, I mean, he still got, he still has his receivers. The best, one of the best duos in the league with, with you know, Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs, and they were able to upgrade the offensive line a little bit. You know, getting Garrett Bradbury in the first round, that's that's going to help them out. That was really a great pick. Solidify the middle, the middle of that line. I think that's, that's big, especially when they weren't able to get a run game going. He's really good, you know, run blocking. Help him with that play action pass. Help give him a little bit of extra time to get the ball out of his hands, and they were still able to keep the same defense that was really good two years ago. They they were they started off a little slow last year. They weren't as you know dynamic as they should have been. I think they're able to pick that back up. They were only they were they if they won week seventeen they would have you know they would have been in the playoffs, but it, it didn't happen obviously. But I, you know if they're that close, I think they made a few additions on the offensive side and, and kept the defense together. And kept the coaching staff there for the most part. A second year on an you know, offensive, or no, actually, that was a new offensive coordinator for the Vikings. So I think that could help them out. I think that all together could help them get an actual win or two and help them get into the playoffs. And they still got still got Dalvin Cook back there too. Dalvin Cook, he's a he's a dog. As long as he stays healthy, I mean, he's really going to help them out too. I mean, that, that's you, you definitely can't argue that. Um, my second team, I think, is going to make the playoffs this year. Is I'm picking the Green Bay Packers to go back 
Um, I think Aaron Rodgers getting hurt did not help him. Even though he played every game, he was still basically on one leg. Offensive line was still a little iffy. But what they did this in this you know, offseason was really upgrade the defense. They they signed a lot of players in free agency. They drafted a, a decent amount of free, you know, and, and players, you know, Sean Gary and, and uh, Darnell Savage and, 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 they, and they signed Maryland. Preston Smith. Yep. Yeah, yep. And they, they they signed Preston Smith and uh you know and uh Zedarius. the guys from the Ravens, yep, yep, Darius Smith. And they still got players like, you know, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels who are good players and yeah, Jahir Alexander is a good corner. You know, Kevin King, too, I like him. You know, Josh Jackson, they, they got some players on defense to really help out Aaron Rodgers, get the ball back in his hands, stop, you know, stop the opposing team enough for them to make it, you know, a, good, a couple of good drives here and there. Um, so, and, and, you know, they, and on, on the offensive side, you know, they have, you know, a player that I've kind of been, you know, not yet, you know, I should give more credit to before he got hurt was they had Geronimo Allison, who was killing it. Definitely. Before he got hurt, he was on pace for 1,200 yards, and he stayed healthy. He's going to be on pace for 1,200 receiving yards. That's a really good year, and that would have definitely helped out Aaron Rodgers in that receiving uh, court. And they got Mercedes Lewis as a backup tight end, which is I know he's old, but he can help be an extra weapon, you know, like a Bernie Davis was for the Redskins, help him out every once in a while, get a good play here and there. So yeah, I he's, can, he's I can like 45 years old. Uh, hey, <laughs> so is Adrian Peterson. He's still doing it. That man runs like he's twenty. Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he yeah, he's he's old different animal. I agree with you on that one. Um, and then my my third team, I think, should make the playoffs. I I, I was, I'm probably I thought about putting the Browns there, but I feel like it was too easy because everybody's you know betting on them to go to playoffs, which they, which we should. They have all the talent in the wor- world. They should be able to get a couple extra games to get in the playoffs. But Thanks. I'm saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to playoffs. I've been saying this. Oh, my for a while now, I think it could happen. I mean, they, they still have they have that. You know, they have Mike Tomlin is one of the better coaches in the league. They still have Roethlisberger. They got you know, running back. They got James Conner who was killing it all year on running the ball, catching the ball, making plays. They still got one of the best offensive lines in the game. Juju, that's my boy. I love him. You know, James Washington. You know, he was a really good receiver coming out of college last year, and I think he could turn into a little something. And Ryan Switch is a good slot corner on a slot receiver and you know they they still have you know a couple you know players here and there the defense is still good they helped it out a little bit getting Devin Bush and yeah I I think that the coaching along with the veteran presence they don't have the drama anymore with Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell going around I think they're able just to focus on football and win some games and I think they're going to be able to do it oh we'll definitely see what about you Jesse what's your three um I kind of agree with a lot of the stuff that you guys were saying. I definitely do think the Browns are going to get in. I got the Browns winning the AFC North. I just they, the, what the Browns are doing kind of is kind of reminiscent to what the like the Seventy Sixers did in basketball. You know, they're bottom of the league for so long, so many jokes. Their front office was you know you know just kind of all over the place. But now it seems like they finally found something, and they're going to do the best they can to to ride it as far as they can, kind of like 76ers are doing right now. So they got the talent. I definitely think that they're going to – I don't think they're like – you know, I don't think they're really like 12-4. and four. If they do go 12-4, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think 10-6 and six can win that division in the AFC North. So I'll take the Browns as one of my teams I'm going to put in. 
what kind of world do we live in where we predict the Cleveland Browns winning 12 games and win AFC North, like, and winning the playoffs? Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen them, and I haven't. I haven't ever seen them in a playoff game. The closest I saw was them going 10 and 6 with Derek Anderson, Braylon Edwards. They still didn't even make the playoffs this year. Like, that's oh, how the, that's the Browns' life. Good old Braylon like, Edwards. Well, when you have a quarter, that's what happens when you find your franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback will turn any franchise upside down, turning from the bottom of the league into potentially a playoff contender, and that's what they've done with Baker Mayfield. And it's funny because everyone last year was, oh, what are the Browns doing taking Baker number one? Should have taken Sam Darnold. He was, or, you know, some people were even saying maybe even Josh Rosen. You know, now looking at it, Baker Mayfield was the clear, clear-cut choice to be number one based on their rookie seasons. Now I know players can regress, obviously. But based on how everything turned out, you know, with the direction they're going in, you go out, you trade for Odell Beckham. Kind of like how the 76ers go out and trade for Jimmy Butler. You, you go out, you get proven players, you surround them with your young players, and then that makes up a good nucleus. And that's what the Browns are finally doing after so many years of who, I don't even know what you could say what the Browns were doing before. I don't no know what the Browns are doing. I don't even, they weren't even going for mediocrity. They were just going for, like... They were just going. Abysmal. abysmal. <laughs> yeah. They were tanking, like... They've been tanking since day one, so... They were, but they're not even trying to tank. They just suck. They were, yeah. they were like, we don't have Jim Brown no more, boys. Tank for the next 40 years. Uh, my second team I'll put in, I definitely think the Minnesota Vikings are a team... They should have been in last year, um, but then they... They had that game against Chicago at the very end that was just Meltdown. pitiful, pitiful, pitiful performance by Kirk Cousins, and that's kind of been a knock on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. he can make, he can make every pass. He can have terrific games where he throws like four touchdowns and four hundred yards, but then a lot of times where it's a must-win game, he kind of comes up short a lot of the time, and it's going to take some work on his end to kind of beat out that that um, stigma about him. But I definitely think the Vikings have all the necessary tools to get back to the playoffs. They have all the necessary tools to win the NFC, to be the number one seed in the NFC if they do everything the right way. You know, Brian, like Brian said, they probably got the best wide receiver duo in the league, Thielen and Diggs. You got a really good Pro Bowl tight end, Kyle Rudolph. You got Kirk Cousins. You got Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook does need to prove that he could stay healthy. Um, but he's definitely seems like he could be the kind of running back to get you, you know, what a thousand eleven hundred yards on defense they were disappointed last year after being so good on defense two years ago so we'll have to see them get back to playing the way that they should be playing i think it was huge that they were able to keep anthony barr you know him coming yeah him coming back being a proven player for that defense really shows the fact him deciding to come back i think tells a lot about that team it tells a lot about that coaching staff um i definitely think last year them you know, with uh, unfortunately Coach Sperano passing away, I think that had a huge impact on them not starting off the way they really wanted to. There was a lot of um, stuff that they had to adjust to. But I definitely think the Vikings are a team that could potentially have the number one seed in the NFC. And then the last team I'm going to put in, I thought about the Falcons. Definitely, I, if the Falcons make it, I'm not going to be surprised. You know, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Like like Dennis said, they're getting a lot of good, a lot of their good defenders back. Keanu Neal, Deion That's Jones. That's the line. So the Falcons getting in wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, and also the Jaguars getting in wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, like you said, Nick Foles, they finally got a quarterback who's an actual quarterback. Yes. They got a guy who, they got, they got a guy who knows how to win games. They Not have really. a, a top five defense. 
they just drafted Josh Allen, who's going to make the defense even better. So, this guy where I was getting it was another team I was considering. But a team I'm going to put in that no one's really talking about, that I definitely think has the potential to... I don't know if they're going to win their division, because they're in a division where the same teams won it for like the last 12, 13 years. But I definitely think the Jets are a team that can really make some noise this year. Interesting. I, I really like what the Jets have done this offseason. I think they've, they've been one lot. of the biggest... They've definitely been one of the big winners. Um, obviously, Sam Darnold had some rookie growing pains, but a lot of, you know, Peyton Manning, when he was a rookie, threw like 28 interceptions. So quarterbacks can grow, and I think Sam Darnold's the kind of quarterback who can learn from his mistakes. I mean, for God's sakes, his first NFL pass was a pick six. But I definitely think he's the kind of guy who can grow and learn. I think Adam Gase is going to be a great head coach to pair with a guy like Sam Darnold. Of course, they went out and got Le'Veon Bell, an instant impact player to put with uh, Sam Darnold. They get Jameson Crowder, who's a top five slot receiver yeah. in this league. My boy. Um, I really like a lot of the things that they've done. And then you go on defense, they go get C.J. Mosley to be the captain of that defense in the middle. They draft Quentin Williams. Uh, they and they on the back end, you got Jamal Adams, who's an upcoming, you know, possibly already in the conversation for best safety. As far as like a definitely a big hitter in the box kind of safety, you don't want to come across the middle with him back there. So I definitely think the Jets have a lot going for them. Um, I don't. I could see them winning. You know, anywhere from eight to ten games if they can get closer to that ten game mark. I definitely think that puts them in contention to be a, a wild card team. Now they, they probably won't be. They'll probably lose in the first round or whatever. But I definitely think a lot of people aren't talking enough about this Jets team. I can see it. Oh yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely like everything the Jets have done. I, I, w- I would say th- that's gonna be that's super interesting. Like that could be a stretch to call for the playoffs, but I mean it's not, it's not, I guess not as far fetched as one might think if you look at all the acquisitions and draft picks they picked up for this season. All right, so real quick for the next segment, do you guys have one team to watch out for this season? Well, I kind of just gave you my one team, and it was going to be the Jets. Um, so I don't really have too much more to say on them because I already just said everything I wanted to. But the Jets, again, that was my team to consider would be the Jets. I think my one team for this season to watch out for uh, would probably be the 49ers. Uh, I'm like, D4, you got D4, Nick Bosa, you go get Tevin Coleman. I know they got Jordan Matthews, and he's not that great of a wide receiver anymore. But he's, you know, still, still can give you some valuable. He's, he's still a little valuable. Still you keep Marquise Goodwin. Uh, still got Matt Breida. Then you, they go out and draft Debo Samuel from North, uh, from South Carolina, and they get Jalen Hurd in the third round from Baylor. I really think they're building around Jimmy Garoppolo. If he stays healthy this season, I, I don't see why not that they couldn't make the playoffs. It'd be very shocking to me that they would miss the playoffs if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. So. That that would be my shocking team. Well, what am I? Uh, yeah, team to watch out for. Well, thanks for taking my team, Dennis. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very, you are very welcome. I, I was like, yeah, they're not gonna pick this one. I was like, there's no way. Well, it happened. All right. Well, my second team I would have as a surprise pick. I guess, I guess it's not really too much of a surprise. Is uh, it's the Jag- Jaguars just because they, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They big they pick. They get they started they got some receivers up and coming like D.D. Westbrook and um I really like what I see from him and they guess they still got me and Leonard Fournette as long as he's not suspended 
whatever, Mark Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, you know, defense they got you know, upgraded to by drafting Josh Allen help with that. Uh, the Don't they still seven. have the? No, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the receiver that they still had that I liked. I can't think of his name. I don't know who you're yep, talking about. I'm lost for words. But yeah, I can see them definitely making a push for the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, I, that, I was gonna go with the four nine. So I think that they have all the tools that they need to actually win these, win these some of these games. Garoppolo didn't get good, didn't get hurt last year. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, that's a. That's a big, big loss, losing your, your franchise quarterback. I mean, he, he, it's a huge downgrade going from him to Nick Mullins or, or T.J. Beathard. I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, it's just it's not the same player. And they I upgrade with Nick Dosa, and they do a couple other nice things. I mean, and they get Jerry McKinnon back. I mean, they, they, I don't see why they shouldn't be able to win you know, at least – I'm just like they just look they just look so good and then I'm like the fact that you added Quan Alexander from Tampa. I know he tore his ACL last season, but the fact that you added him, they got went out and got David Mayo, you got Jason Verrett from the Chargers. Um you still got Richard Sherman. I, I just I, I just like what they got going on. And then for them, I'm like for the 49ers this year, they play the Bengals, they play the Bucks, they play the Cardinals, they play the Ravens, they play the Panthers. So I know they can probably they'll probably be able to split with the Seahawks. They might be able to split with the Rams too. But I really think they 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 could be the they could be the surprise team that they could be that it factor team in the NFC that makes everybody stand back and uh and wonder like how are they doing this? It's the one thing that we all know about the NFL is that you never know what's going to happen every year. We all know who's going to go in the playoffs for the most part in the NBA at least as of recently. The NFL is always surprised. You don't ever see a, a team or two doing as well as they do and play as well as they do. I mean, just you never you never count on any team, honestly. There's so many so many years and teams go from worst to first, you know, and and, and from first to worst. I mean, they literally everyone picked the Jaguars. And a lot of people picked them to be Super Bowl contenders last year. They didn't even make the playoffs. So you know, yeah. It's, you just, you just never really know in the NFL. Good old so I, 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 I can see it happening with the 49ers. There's two things I have a problem with with the 49ers, and I thought about them as a, a team to be worried about, but I have two issues with what has happened. And I love everything that they've done on the defensive side, but I really don't think they've had it nearly enough as far as receiving. I like Devo Samuel, but Jordan, like you said, Jordan, I don't think Jordan Matthews is anything to get excited about. I wouldn't even be surprised if he got cut before the rosters were set. And then you, you got an old Pierre Rasson who's reliable as far as you throw his way, he's going to catch it, but he doesn't really give you much as far as like explosive playmaking goes. But he's like a I mean, possession. He's like a possession catcher. Yeah, I get that, but I'm just saying, like you, in today's NFL, you got to have a play. You got to have at least one player, and I think the, this is where Debo Samuel comes in. But again, you can't you can't put all your you know eggs in a basket of a rookie receiver. Especially, you know, as we've seen the trend in the NFL goes, rookie receivers tend to struggle a lot, and they kind of get their footing later on. But you got to have a downfield threat in the NFL. That's going to be Marquise, to Marquise Goodwin. I mean, I, I've seen Marquise Goodwin, but I just don't. I just kind of feel like he falls in the same category as like a Travis Benjamin type of player. Like he'll give you, a, he'll give you a fifty-yard reception like one every four games or something. But he's not a reliable playmaker. And then my other problem I have with them is. Yeah, they go out and get Tevin Coleman, but they also had Jarek McKinnon. These, these two running backs are very similar. They kind of do the exact same thing. They still got Matt Breida. So yeah, you got Matt Breida too. So, like, you got 
it's it, they're good players, but I feel like when you have too many similar players of the same skill set in the same like kind of like they fall into the same bracket, I just feel like they're not going to be able to develop the kind of chemistry that they need to have as an offense. You like it's not like they're complementary. It's not like you have a power back and then a receiving back and then a speed back. They all three of these running backs kind of are the exact same mold of one another. They're just cloned. They just cloned the same running back three different times. Well, I, personally for me, I would consider Jerick McKinnon the speed back. Uh, I wouldn't consider him an every down back. Tevin Coleman and Matt Breeder are both every down backs, but you can't always have that. You know, you know, injuries happen. You get banged up a little bit. It's nice to have depth at the position. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see the problem with having all, like the. I, I definitely consider McKinnon different from Coleman and Breeder. I, I can see Breeder and Coleman being called the same kind of like Tevin Coleman's not as big as Breeder, but you know the he's about just as tall. So I can see the comparison there, but not really for McKinnon compared to those two because McKinnon's like real small, but he's really quick. He's like That's I would think Tevin Coleman is. Tevin Coleman's not small, and nor is he quick. He just yeah. he he just gets. Just he just has speed and gets out of there. I mean, Jerick McKinnon's quick. When I mean by quick, he like takes that step, like he just puts his foot in the ground and cuts. And that's not that's not Tevin Coleman. Tevin, Tevin Col- Coleman. That's Devonte Freeman. That's not Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's also six one. Yo, I know Tevin Coleman's a tall boy. That the, I don't, I don't know if you watched the Falcon game. though. his stance, he's essentially standing up. He doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't squat down like Devonte Freeman. He stand. He just. He's like literally standing up straight, and he's hunched over with his hands on his on, on his thigh pads. Like he, yeah, he's tall. So, so we can now switch over to, I guess, for the NBA playoffs, we can do each do like what's one series that's really like captivated your attention, or one series that you believe is like literally going to go down to the wire. I think that one one series is definitely going to go down to – I mean, honestly, I see two that are going to go down to the wires. It's going to be the Raptors and 76ers series, and so is the Nuggets and Trailblazers. Those are back-to-back right now. They're going – they're both, you know, having games where they both compete really well and going through it and really making a, a good series out of it. I mean, the Nug- I was watching the Nuggets-Trailblazers game on, on Friday night when they went to quadruple overtime I was like, goodness, this is just ridiculous. And, and I was in the watch, and I said, I don't know who's, who's, what's going to happen, who's going to win. And then I see Rodney Hood drill that three. I said, oh, my. That's, that, that, you mean when Rodney Hood drills a three and quadruple overtime, that's when you know it's time for you guys to go. And that's what happened. Yeah. It was done. So, I mean, but I still think, you know, the, the Nuggets are winning the game right now, so they're getting even the series 2-2. I really think that the, the Raptors and San Francisco is a really good series right now. I agree. So my my favorite my favorite series would definitely be it's the it has to be the Warriors and the Rockets. Like they're literally just going back and forth. Like uh I know it's two to one and the Rockets they're they're gonna be in Houston again next game. I believe the game's tomorrow night. They're gonna be there again. But I'm trying to figure out like it, this game is so feisty. It's 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 like it, it just makes you wanna sit there. I can't help but watch the game. Like Bad and, blood. And, and Draymond Green, stop hitting James Harden in the face, please. My we goodness. We all know Draymond Green is a dirty player. I don't know why you're surprised at this. I, I, Man, 
hits people in the face, he kicks people in the nuts. I just it, it, that's what he does every playoffs, just so he can seem relevant. It's so terrible because it's like he sits there and like he's like trying to go to James Harden, like oh my bad man, like my like I'm sorry I did it again. And James Harden pretty much brushed him off and pushed him back. And I was like, yeah, man, push him back. Like, he's trying to take out your good eye. <laughs> like, come on. And then, like, but I can, you can definitely say that the Houston Rockets are not going to win this series if Eric Gordon doesn't play good. Eric Gordon played phenomenal last night, and they got the win. And, pl- and, the, and, and what was the highlight of the game? Steph Curry. What were you thinking? <laughs> That's all I have to say is, what were you thinking? Down by five, 36 seconds left on the clock. Draymond threw a questionable pick. You sit there, no, and everybody, it was clear that everybody was tired. Nobody was playing defense those last two, three minutes of that game. Everybody was just shooting. But open, you had the open lane, and you, for some reason, for some reason, when you're tired in the fourth quarter with 36 seconds left, you think it's okay to try to go for a dunk and get hung? Excuse me? Nah, Steph he wanted, Curry. He wanted, to, he wanted to splash, make a splash. You know, he's like, one of the splash birds. Gotta make a splash, you know? I really pray that he made it on Shaq and a Fool because that was the most foolish thing I have ever seen him attempt. I would have been more okay with him trying to pull up a three but, or just going for the layup, but no, you wanted to go for the dunk. You want to be on the highlight reel. Steph Curry needs to watch himself. That man came in this league very humble. That dunk was, that dunk I hope humbled him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. Hey, if they if they had the come on man segment right now, that that would oh, be yeah. right there on there. Come Number on, one. man, what Number are you one. doing? Like, <laughs> he, he I've only seen him dunk maybe twice in his career in game time. Otherwise, it's just like during warm ups or whatever. Just like and even then, like it's it seems like it's a struggle. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a struggle for me to even touch the net. But still, like, <laughs> he, he should know his limits and just go for the layup, the easy layup. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran player. He's a, he's a three-time champ. He should know what he's doing. Two-time MVP. Yeah, I mean, he should know this is playoff time. Yeah, the, the Rockets are not a team to be, you know, mess around with. Even though they were up 2 nothing, maybe he thought that they could, you know, he could try a little something because he felt a little confident in it. But, you know, they go back to Houston again. And, they, you know, they even the series up, and, you know, it's a whole new ball game. You know, at this point, you know, they, they, they they can't sit there all pretty and, and, and relax thinking it's just going to be that easy for them anymore. Like, I mean, they, 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 this might be a game to help get the Rockets some momentum. Like you said, Eric Gordon was killing it, had shot 50% from three, uh, now on seven or 14 shots. I mean, and, and, I think he had 30 up. points, didn't he? Yeah, he, he killed it. Yeah. He, he killed it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. And I, I just I just like to um, point out, you know, you got a dog in the 76ers. After the game one, when he lost to Toronto, so oh yeah, we did, yeah. we did. They, guys, they've turned, they turned it around. Yep, I said y'all, I said they did this in the last series against the Nets. But they I lost the first game. They got their ass beat. And they came back and they played well. And that's what they've been doing. Stafford, I also stated if they continued to play the way they they were that they were playing, that it was gonna be Raptors in five. They com- they completely changed, and they're not playing the way they played in game one. So I'm just saying, like I, I I know I damned them a little bit, but remember this is the team that I picked to get to the finals here from the East. Let's not forget. And we all, and we also, yeah, you know, we also, you know, we all. You also picked the Nets to beat them in the first round. I did. I definitely did. Because I thought the Nets, the Nets, the Nets were as if that team that was a good matchup for them. 
But Justin, do you do you I mean, have do you have a do you have a favorite uh, series right now? It's hard to, to pick a favorite. I mean, they're all competitive. That's all I care about. As long as the series is competitive, it's fun to watch. I mean, I guess my favorite to watch would be the Rockets and Warriors, just because of the history between the two teams. So that always makes for good, interesting drama. But all the series have been real close. Like no team is. You can't look at a series and go, okay, this team's clearly better than that team. They've all proven that these are the best eight teams remaining in the playoffs. They've all proven that they deserve to be here. And I just hope, I mean, I would love for every single series to go to seven games. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all, we all we all said last week that everyone was riding off the, 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 the Bucks after getting the Bucks woke by the Celtics game one. We all said that there ain't no way this is going to happen just like this. I mean, there's a the, Number one seed for a reason. They they came back and won two straight against yep, the Celtics. Game, Kyrie game looked, looked, looked lost in that last game. He looked lost. Oh no, you're talking about you're talking about game two because game two they did the same defensive strategy that they did against that the Celtics did against Giannis, and that's when uh, Kyrie had nine points, five boards, yeah, okay. and four that's assists. Right. Game three, Kyrie came on. Kyrie said, I'm here to ball. But Giannis said, no, no, little fella. This is my time to shine. I'm about to beat you in your house. Uh He did. All right, so the last, last segment. I haven't really seen too much of the NHL playoffs, but Jesse, you're pretty much our NHL insider. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how I'm going to label you. You're pretty much our NHL insider. Um... What do you see going on? What do you see going on in the NHL playoffs? Are there any teams that are surprising you? I definitely know the Hurricanes are surprised you sweeping the Islanders like that. But do you definitely. see anybody? Do you see anything shocking going on on in the West? Going on in the West, I mean, I am kind of surprised how well the Avalanche have been playing the Sharks. I mean, you kind of called in the first year, uh, first round where you talk about the Avalanche being a surprise team, and they definitely been playing up to that 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 label. The Sharks are up 3-2. They have a chance to end it tomorrow night in Colorado. If the Avalanche can win, it's, they'll go back to Game 7 in San Jose. Uh, today is very disappointing. The Stars had a chance to close out the series against that. the Blues. Yeah. And it was it was the worst game of the playoffs for us. So, one hand, I'm disappointed. We had uh, an awful outing on offense and on defense. Um and defense has been our bread, uh, bread and butter throughout the playoffs. We've been winning with stout defense and high, high quality and goaltending. Today we didn't really have either, so it was really disheartening to see that. Especially playing on home ice, you got a chance to end it. You got a chance to move on. And the play the way we did is just really disheartening. But on the other hand, I'm kind of relieved because every team is at least due for a bad game. So I'd rather have the bad game today and be ready to come out game seven on Tuesday night. Um, so hopefully game we seven's gotta, in Dallas, right? No, it's in St. Louis. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they have the home home ice. Uh, so that's definitely something I'm going to be paying close attention to because if we win that, it'll be the first time we've reached the Western Conference Finals since 2009. So that would be – I'm sorry, 2008. So that would be fun. And what about uh, the – I was going to say, what about the um... – uh, the Bruins and the Blue Jackets. Uh, the Bruins are the Blue Jackets and Bruins are really very similar types of teams. They play stout defense, but they also have uh, highly skilled forwards who can score goals. So 
They are definitely the kind of team. Those are two teams. I think whoever wins that series will go on to the Stanley Cup Finals. I know the Hurricane just swept the Islanders, and that was a huge kind of a shock to all of us. But I think between the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, that team, whoever comes out of that series is going to – I think they'll be able to take care of the Hurricanes probably five to six games. I know I'm disrespecting the Hurricanes right now. (laughs) But – um. I just don't. I just don't. The Bruins and Blue Jackets are two complete teams. They both have high end goaltenders. You got, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky. You got um, Tukaras, two high end goaltenders. You got great defenders, and like I said, you got skilled forwards who can score the puck. Uh, so I think, I think those that's a really good matchup. And I, I honestly can't pick who's going to win that series right now. I know the Bruins are up three two, but the Blue Jackets have Game Six at home. And the Blue Jackets have been a hell of a team at home throughout the playoffs. So uh, right now, I'll probably give the edge to Boston. So we'll see what happens in that game. But a fun fact that I did, I wanted to pull up real quick for the Hurricanes. Um, we shouldn't be too surprised with the Hurricanes because uh, with their playoff history, they came into the league, uh, I believe it was 1997, they came into the league as an expansion team. They've made the playoffs six times. In those six times that they've made the playoffs, four of them, they've gone all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So they don't make the playoffs very often, but when they do make the playoffs, they make some noise. So they went to, they've gone there four times, and two of the times they've actually gone to the Stanley Cup. They won one against the Edmonton Oilers in 2006, beat them 4-3, and the other time uh, they uh, unfortunately weren't able to get it done. But the Hurricane are a team that that, you know, they've proven when they get to the dance, they dance to the end. But, um, so we shouldn't be too, too surprised with what they've done because they, their history supports it. They just don't make the playoffs very often. Um, but I do definitely think that the NHL, I think this is the best NHL playoffs, like overall, I've seen in a very long time. Because in previous years, you kind of, there was always a clear cut favorite. Um, and that clear cut favorite most of the time ended up getting to the, to the playoffs. I mean, to the Stanley Cup, you had the, the, the Penguins. I mean, last year, the Cap, a clear-cut favorite, but they were definitely a team that had kind of been on that brink for so long that you're just waiting for them to get through, and they finally got through last year. But previously, you had the Penguins. Everyone knows what the Penguins are, have been doing before. You had the Blackhawks before that. You also had the Kings in there. So oh, yeah, it kind of had been the same three, four teams doing it every single year. Now we got fresh fresh blood in the playoffs. You got the Bruins. They haven't been to a Stanley Cup Finals, I think, since it was 2010 or I think it was actually um, where they lost to the Blackhawks. And then, but obviously the Hurricanes, they haven't been to the uh, Finals since 2006. Uh, The Blue Jackets have never been. And then you got on the West, you got uh, Dallas, Dallas hasn't been to the finals since the 90s. You got the Avalanche, who haven't been since the early 2000s. You got the San Jose Zarks, they were there three years ago, but lost to the Penguins. And then you also have the St. Louis Blues, and the St. Louis Blues haven't been to a, to a finals since, I think, the 80s, if I'm right. I uh, might be wrong. But it's been a long time, so it's all these teams that are in it right now. It's some fresh blood, and it's fun to see. It's fun to see these teams out there really really going at it going at it hard too well thank thank you that that's our uh insider uh jesse butler <laughs> from the for the nhl thank you jesse yeah <laughs> uh, 
Hey, uh, Brian, yeah. Brian, are you still watching that game over there with the Nuggets and the uh, Blazers? I wasn't watching. For, I mean, I, I was just keeping track of the score. Um, but right now, it is 96-91 Nuggets, five and a half minutes left in the fourth. Oh, so the Nuggets are winning. Okay. Don't the Nuggets still have Mason Plumley? Mm-hmm. They do? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah that's why they're winning. Win. That's why they're winning. He's the best person on the team. Uh, I mean, who else? It definitely ain't gonna be the, the Joker, Paul Millsap, or yeah, Mason Plumlee's the best. He's, a, yeah. he's he's the best person on the team. Well, yeah, he needs I mean, to coach yeah. the team. Millsap's well, <laughs> having himself a game right now. Small Murray, the uh, Joker all have uh, twenty points more. Mason Plumlee has four points. I told you, best person on the team. He's the new Scalabrini. I told you. Yep. Yep. Three, five rebounds, one assist, one block. Minus 15, though. <laughs> you know what? Just because you said that, that's how I know. It's time to go. Time to go. Time <laughs> Everybody, to go. Uh, check out check out uh, my Instagram. Uh, it's Future Star Just Watch. Uh, we do doing the trivia game on there. I know you heard our, uh, the guy Donzel Donzel on there earlier. He he, he was fr- he was from the, he, he he definitely lost in a terrible fashion. But he came from the, he came from the trivia game, and uh, we play we play the game on there, and we're gonna try to do it for once a month right now that everybody can pr- pretty much try to engage and get everybody up here that we can you know just play different games with everybody. So definitely definitely get on my uh, get on my uh, future star just watch or you can go on sports outside the box. We have a um, a new Instagram page. We have about three posts up there, but definitely check it out and. This is Sports Outside the Box, and we will see you next time.